I am so glad that you are joining Cindy LeFevre Yorks for this episode of His GPS for Your SOS. We pray these encouraging words will enrich and bless your day. Part 3 The Breastplate of Righteousness. As we continue our series, Unpacking the Armor of God, Let's take another look at Ephesians 6.13. Here, Paul reminds us that we are called to stand firm with God and withstand what is thrown at us by our enemy, Satan. Paul refers in this passage to the evil day. Whether this references a particular day of temptation and woe or simply refers to the degradation of our times is difficult to determine. What we do know is that God's armor sustains us through both scenarios. We have but one responsibility— We need to take the initiative to put it on. Knowing about the armor and even believing it protects us doesn't do us any good if we let it sit at the foot of our beds every morning and walk right past it. But when it comes to the breastplate, we would do well to understand that this part of the armor protects the core of our beings. What is a breastplate, you may be wondering. I actually just assumed it was kind of a turtle shell to protect the heart and midriff before I looked it up but it's so much more than that. Historically, it refers to a vestment worn by a Jewish high priest set with 12 gems bearing the 12 names of the 12 tribes of Israel. This piece of armor is not only protective, it distinguishes the high priest from the rest of the already valued chosen people of God, the remnant of Israel. Prior to the crucifixion of Jesus, the high priest wore the vestment into what was called the Holy of Holies to make atonement for the sins of man in accordance with the edicts laid out in Leviticus 16. In the moment Jesus commended his spirit to his Father, the curtain of the temple was torn from top to bottom. And you can find that in Matthew 16. This signified that the blood sacrifice atoned once and for all the sins of all men, Jews, and Gentiles. When Paul suggested that we put on the breastplate, the notion that his listeners had the privilege of wearing such a fine vestment no doubt generated feelings of excitement. Indeed, it further drove home the fact that they were part of a royal priesthood, a holy nation, as recorded in 1 Peter 2.9. Yet today, how many of us, even devout Christians, partner with God to put on our daily armor? Does your breastplate of righteousness precede the pulling on of your t-shirt for the day, or is it a neglected undergarment? Is the armor the valuable gift we cast aside, taking God's protection for granted? In James 4, 2-3, we are reminded that we have not because we ask not. God's at the foot of the proverbial Christmas tree with His gift of protection, but we're too busy checking our emails to open and use the present He so eagerly wishes to give. My husband is a great gift giver and likes to present me with jewelry. But in the past, I've been less diligent about wearing it. I took much of it for granted. Now I'm more intentional about wearing it and finding it and enjoying it. I find it helps me hearken back to the same joy I had when he first gave it to me. The same is true with God's armor. We need to make sure we take the initiative and partner with God in thought, word, and deed. We can express our gratitude that this regal gift made to us, the sons and daughters of the King, is available to us continually. When we are intentional about seeking His protection, He is faithful to provide it within the framework of His will. 
Let's go back for a moment to the area protected by the breastplate. The most vital part of your body, protected by this armor, is your heart. In battle, the heart is a target for bullets, arrows, and knives. Satan wants to wound your heart, too. He wants to destroy us, as we are reminded in 1 Peter 5.8. And when it comes to the high stakes of the heart, Satan has his bullseye right on ours. This may sound discouraging, but we can be encouraged for a few reasons. One, Jesus tells us to take heart. He's overcome the world, and that's in John 16.3. And we also know that no one can snatch us out of God's hands once we belong to him. And you can find that in John 10.28. It's true our hearts are vulnerable, even to the deception from the schemes of Satan. But when the breastplate component of our armor works in tandem with the helmet of salvation and the shield of faith, along with the other armor elements, we can claim the victory God intends for us to achieve. I'd like to share an installment of my second book, The Trap Door. It's entitled, Dodging Self-Esteem Barbs. The Failure Trap. In the movie The Hunger Games, Katniss Everdeen and her young sidekick Rue eye a cache of supplies in the middle of an open field. It's designed to entice as well as entrap the duo into an ambush, a notion they are painfully aware of. A profound quote by author and motivational speaker Jack Canfield sums this up and other similar scenarios. Everything you want is on the other side of fear. Many of my good friends are fearless in the face of challenges. My admiration of this quality in them, as well as my shame that I don't possess it, is probably what draws me to them all the more. Fear of failure or ridicule has kept me from attempting many things I might have tried to accomplish. Things like pie-in-the-sky jobs, dramatic weight loss, grueling exercise regimens, and other lofty ambitions. In my frail humanity, I'm simply not willing to risk losing face if the odds are stacked too greatly against me. I'm pretty sure I'm not alone. In fact, in the Hunger Games, pawns of the government are always placating the endangered with a may-the-odds-ever-be-in-your-favor tagline. The irony in this movie is that no one played by the rules. In fact, the gamekeeper's modus operandi was to manipulate things with ever more perilous directions, and some characters, hopelessly defeated, simply gave up. Life can feel like the odds are never in our favor. But when we look to God to help us discern levels of palatable risk, we can accomplish things he has in mind for us to do. A friend's young daughter, gifted in fine art as well as dramatics, had her heart set on getting a role in a high school play. She poured all her energies into trying to land it, only to find her hopes dashed when she was passed over. A few days later, she found out that a piece of artwork she had created was selected from dozens of other entries for the cover of the school's Christmas program playbill. Later that year, she put herself out there again by trying out for Honors Choir and was accepted. Best of all, she was selected to help assimilate incoming freshmen into her school's mentoring program. Had God not grown her through setbacks, and had she not kept setting her fears aside, she would not have achieved all God intended for her own life, as well as for those who she's now destined to touch. We never know which situations will result in our chance to shine, or which will be chalked up to a failed attempt. But we should press on, as Paul says in Philippians 3.14. Of all the authors of the Bible, 
no one had to fight more than Paul to overcome past failures. He was a terrorist-turned-lifesaver for God's eternal kingdom. His uphill battle of converting Christian souls in hostile environments would have been enough to cause many less dedicated and tenacious souls to hang up their proverbial hats. What opportunity are you running away from that God wants you to try to seize? And the keys to kingdom living are fight your inclination to give up on goals and dreams to break through the ceiling of complacency with God's help. And the doorpost is, in their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. And that's from Proverbs 16.9. Thank you for joining us today for this episode of His GPS for your SOS. Cindy also posts encouragement daily on Instagram. Her blogs can be found on her website, cindyyorks.com. Her entire Door Devotion trilogy is now available on Amazon. Amazon. 